0: Good morning and good evening, Lise, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well, thanks, Mark. How are you doing?
0: Oh, really good. Really good, thank you. Um, I did a bit of a training session this morning. I've showered and cleaned and uh, I'm ready to roll. Have you
1: put your, And have you put your Tesla mind chip back in?
0: <laughs> no, I haven't actually, but I know later on in the conversation today, I've got a bit of uh, some Elon Musk quotes to drop in. So Lise, listen, to, tell me, how have you been? What have you been up to the last couple of weeks?
1: I'm um, good. It's not that long since we last spoke, so um, actually, my mum has gone back to the UK and life has resumed here in Sydney. So things are starting to open up a lot more. Um, Melbourne is still shut down, but definitely from a work perspective, things are really getting busy at the moment. Um, I've been busy helping out individual clients and also helping out a studio as well this week at the moment. Um, how about you there in the UK, Mark?
0: Yeah, good. Um, a couple of things actually. So on the sort of work side, actually, we're working with a lovely—I think I mentioned last time—with a wine company here in the UK. And uh, so this week I've been doing some sort of design thoughts and thinking around sort of bag-in-box. Do you remember the bag-in-box for wines? They're called BIBs or... I do. No, I do. Yeah, they're very 80s. But anyway, the, um, a lot of UK companies, wine companies and grocers are starting to notice the big upturn in sales. I think Co-op had something like 300% increase in sales of large volume wine vessels. Yeah, the technology has really improved recently. So not just bag-in-box, but also things called bagnums, magnums, bagnums. Um, and they're essentially just bagged wine, equivalent of three bottles. Um, so people are starting to recognise the fact that, you know, they get a lot more bang for buck, as it were.
1: Yeah, it's also a big, it's a big perception change, isn't it? I think we're all a lot more open to different substrates and, you know, formats and layouts now. We don't just think of, oh, well, if something's in a bag, Rubbish, oh, exactly. Wine. And
0: it's, it's moved, actually. I mean, in the 80s and certainly in the 90s, it was seen as the value. I mean, as a student, that's what you would get. You'd get a bag of wine, a sort of box of wine, stick it in the fridge. But uh, now it's stepping into sort of more of a premium tier. So there, that's good. It's working on sort of wines. Um, starting to notice that a lot of uh, clients and, and recruiters are reaching out now for um, people for work, which is good. So there's a bit of an upturn, or appears to be. The economy is showing signs of life in terms of sort of what agencies are up to. I don't know if you've noticed the same over there, Liz.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely picking up. Although, I mean, we're going to talk about it a bit later on, but there's a lot more freelance um, roles available um, than full time, or full time ones that are in a lower.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we discussed this before, weren't we, about within the design industry, certainly the now sort of pool of what we work with, how we work. You've got junior, mid, and senior designers. Then you step into design director, creative director, and what have you. Design director, creator director roles are few and far between. I think um, more so, as you just said, Lisa, these sort of designer roles are, are out there for the for the taking. Um, so no, uh, in terms of work, that's all good, all positive. Uh, personal life. I um, had a short holiday last week, which was great. Just down in the southwest of England, um, hitting the coastline. Bit pretty miserable weather-wise. But, that
1: um, is why tell the viewers because we don't have the video, but tell the viewers that is why you're sporting a moustache and a backwards cap today, <laughs> like the 25. Well, I no, mean, that's
0: more than the fact we're still in the lockdown and I'm not, I'm not seeing many people at the moment, so uh, I can sort of start <laughs> growing facial hair in, in weird places and start sort of trialing what my hiding my receding hairline. It's not receding, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just a high hairline uh and oh i also just started restarted an old hobby uh, of mine which used to be kickboxing um i'm absolutely loving it uh although i'm a bit of a lump as some of you may know and um my foot dexterity is that of a woolly mammoth so i'm currently working on my footwork but uh, no, it's great getting back into a bit of kickboxing uh, i'm not a fighter by any stretch of imagination just i see it as a great form of exercise so um that's really enjoyable all good, all good on that front. All right, Lenny, so today's discussion, uh, a discussion podcast is around the uh, subject of risk and bravery. Um, so we, you and I discussed this the other week and sort of a great subject to have a chat about. And, uh, and sort of in the context of the discussion we're having, it's sort of aimed at sort of, again, the creatives and business brand owners uh, and brands. And we just want to have a look into how we... Uh, perhaps on a personal level and sort of a business side, take risk and bravery on board and sort of how we approach them?
1: I think it's a really interesting point. We've, we've spoken about it before, and it's something that I'm hugely passionate about because you know me, like I'm all about taking risks. Um, some of them pay off, some of them don't. And I just really encourage people to, to take them generally in the studio. And, and we're creative, so it's generally what, it's naturally what comes to us. Um, but I think in terms of the topic of bravery, and we'll, we'll define bravery and then we'll counteract that with risk is there some really brave and exciting brands and happenings at the moment, even more so because of this pandemic. I think people who spoke last time about bold pivots and how brands are having to shift what's normal. And I think the ones that were doing it before pandemic and also the ones that are doing it now are the ones that they really excite me. And so I love to talk about bravery, um, but that's not to say it's all positive, you know? Um, so I think we should probably start off by defining and then have a nice little discussion. So I risk and what, risk and bravery and whether they're mutually exclusive
0: yeah absolutely well go for your because i've got some definitions too and uh (laughs) if you type in um what is the definition of risk into google for example you come up you get so many responses and answers and there's so many different and everyone has their own perception of what a risk is and what bravery is so let's start off with the definitions first and that'd be quite handy at least go for it what uh what what would you define as those
1: so bravery is the act of being courageous and bold so i just went for the simplest definition It is being courageous and bold and then with risk it's avoiding um taking a chance on losing something and actually i found it quite interesting to look at the words that were opposite them or in the same bracket so if you look at your theosaurus with bravery you'll get daring you'll get fearless and you'll get courage and with risk you'll get peril danger hazard so they're kind of like bravery is very quite kind of quite positive quite you know like i feel like i have armor on my back and i'm a bit powering forward whereas risk falls into a bit more of like it feels a bit dangerous and even to look at the opposing word so when you look at bravery like the opposite of that is fearful or cautious or scared um, but for me it's, it's bravery is facing those fears so brave for me is you're being courageous so you're obviously scared of something whereas risk risk is more about chance and opportunity so you're taking a chance or an opportunity when you may have something to lose We talk. talking we talk, we talk a lot about risk in businesses, especially, don't we? Because, you know, a lot of businesses are trying to mitigate the risk. And then us creative people come in and try and tell them just to have a go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. And the people's personal definitions of what a risk is um, differ so much. And I think I spoke about this the other day about um, with you, Lise, about and lots, of things I try, lots of things I try and do is trying to make what is uncomfortable to me feel more comfortable um, so what's uncomfortable today make feel comfortable tomorrow. Um, so what was a risk yesterday tomorrow isn't quite as risky because it's because of the very fact I've now I've, I've taken that risk before and I know what the outcome is going to be. So the danger is less. But for me, um, the differences between risk and bravery, and I had to look at these um, in terms of recklessness and courage. I felt risk and bravery were sort of were coupled too easily almost, and recklessness and courage I could sort of start to separate even further. Uh, And I found a really good definition of of these two here. So courage is taking risks for a great cause and recklessness is taking risks for the sake of your ego, which I thought was a really nice interpretation of the approaches to to them both. But in terms of, uh, in the realms of our industry and the context of brands as such, risk taking is part and parcel of growing any successful brand, I think.
1: No, we've definitely definitely seen over, I mean, look, for years now we've seen challenger brands. I mean, you and I have always been excited by the brands that are coming up, you know, out of the blue. I listened to a really good podcast, actually, just before I chat today on the future of food. And it was by the owner and CEO of Oatly Brand. Now, that's a great brand example of someone who, like, it's probably not so breakthrough now. But, like, they're still doing things to innovate in the space. But where it came from was through, I know we talk about risk. But actually, when you listen to the podcast and he talks a lot about the research that went into it. So data, I know we've kind of talked about magic versus logic and stuff in the past. Um, but it's, there's a certain amount of risk you can mitigate, uh, but you can never quite judge how people are going to react to what you launch into the world. Um, but that was a really good podcast. I'll send you that to add to the show notes. And because things are so mainstream now, like, if, like you say, like if you launch a different type of milk, um, plant-based milk now, is it a risk? Not really because it's already popular. So I think what we're looking for when we look to brave and courageous is what's not in the space. There's a really nice quote I got by, um, it's a Pablo Picasso quote um and it's and it's like it's from a piece actually that i found from the conversation um, um article and it's people with creative personalities really do see the world differently and there's a really nice picasso quote that says others have seen what is and asked why i have seen what could be and asked why not and i think that's the difference like we kind of creative people generally look at the world and go well why is it not like that kind of not you know, we don't ask why something is we kind of ask why it's not and we challenge that norm or that expectation and we you and i are both looked to we're actually going to have like on, on the next episode we're hoping to have a guest episode um, and, and you know we you and i are always looking to brands or in any sort of space in the business world that are challenging the space that's normal we spoke about bold pivots and you know like are you the band that plays everything online when everyone wants to go to live gigs someone doing something against the norm
0: I guess the benefits to taking risks you've got to look assess those first before you actually do those and the reasons why people do take risks and i've I've sort of broke it down to three areas i say i broke it down i was reading an article by a guy called taylor Reedman, who's got a great company name it's a a marketing firm called bare knuckle very appropriate given my
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's called brand
0: brand marketing with a punch but anyway uh, this chap talks about um taylor that is sorry Talks about the benefits of taking risks uh, and what those are. So breaking through a plateau is the first one. Um, again, this is very appropriate for brand uh, development as well. And setting yourself apart from the competition. Uh, and the third one is seeing what your limits are to ultimately grow better or stronger. So, yeah, there has to be a reason for you taking those risks. And it's going to be perhaps one of those three, I would say. In the narrative, of what we're talking about and people, people and organisations taking risks um, this chat Taylor, also highlights three companies, and I looked and I thought, he know, he's absolutely right. Three companies that have taken risks. And sorry, so I'm just going to give a couple of examples now. They're a big organisation risks, but people who have done the same. So first one is Dropbox. So these are whether they're risks or whether they were just brave decisions um, that had a calculated risk to them. Um, but anyway, Dropbox is the first one.
1: That's the interesting point, isn't it? Because if you've got nothing to lose, is it really a risk?
0: That's it. But that can only be calculated by the person who's about to take that risk. Sometimes other people can't assess whether that's a risk or not. You know, they would never know till afterwards. So Dropbox is the first one. So Steve Jobs was looking to obtain Dropbox um, into the Apple fold. This is quite some time ago, over, maybe 12 years ago, maybe. I'm not quite sure when it was. Anyway, the CEO at the time, a guy called Drew Houston, um, Steve Jobs said to him that he was going to put Dropbox uh, uh, out of business because um, this guy, Drew, had declined the offer for Apple to be the owners of Dropbox. So 10 years afterwards, Steve Jobs' offer was declined. Um, Dropbox is a hugely successful business. It's working with the likes of Apple, Linus, Android users. So he took a risk by not being enveloped by Steve Jobs and Apple and the output outcome was huge. So a couple of other examples there is Talking about Apple, Apple was one who invested huge efforts and amounts of time and effort into um, smartphones back in to the sort of mid 2000s. In 2007, launched the iPhone, which, again, was a bit of a risk at the time because no one knew that smartphones were going to take over the world. And of course, they have. So you think thinking of iPods, iPads, iMacs, iBook, iTunes. Apple is just a great example of a company that has been hugely courageous in a lot of its decisions um and taking some risks some of which have you know, fallen flat but not many <laughs> and of course my uh, i've got just a third one here lisa and this is spacex so i don't even know this very much it's something that sort of i had to remind myself about so elon musk sold his all his shares in paypal back in 2002 um which he sold to ebay and put all that capital which is i think around about 165 million from my wikipedia search um, to set up space spacex or space exploration technologies now this is back in 2002 so at first he really struggled and couldn't pay his employees but um after his luck changed after a sort of multi-billion dollar deal a few months later and now spacex has got over eight thousand employees uh and elon musk's uh, has a reported net worth in excess of 19 billion now so you know this is a chap who is a sort of a serial risk taker uh and ex- exceptionally brave and i love those examples just real and certainly i love the elon musk one
1: <laughs> well, they're, obviously they're fantastic examples mark and i think they all just go to show that i think it's like risk or, and, and even taking risks and being brave to a degree like i think it's in you so like i've recently been doing a lot of work even with different businesses and companies on their core values and i know that for me and bravery are both in my core values because i feel for me regret costs more than risk so I, I would rather take a risk than go i wish i'd tried that that's very true and i think that's probably a good, good question for creative people and business people to go look look, we could try this and it may not pay off but if we don't try it you know some people don't don't like that risk there's a really interesting um another podcast um the good life project and they talked to a lot of people who are in entrepreneurs and innovation in the space. And there was a guy on there saying, and he was saying, look, entrepreneurs are the ones with the, with the great ideas, they're the risk takers. And the investors are the ones that are the kind of risk averse, but they both need each other. Because you know, we've, we can have all these great ideas, but if you've not got people to back them and invest in them, they're never going to happen from a capital point of view. But for me, taking risks, is never, it's never about money.
0: I, well, for you personally, I, I think there some people do. Um, take risks whether it's money or not related do you think it's an age thing do you think younger people are more prepared to take risks or do you think it's just down to personality types
1: I think definitely when you're younger you do tend to take more risks but I do I I definitely think it's personality type as well like I would definitely say me at 20 would have taken more risks I still take risks now I don't think I ever would lose that but yeah I do think I think it's personality but I think it's also mixed with age because as you get older and I guess you're worn down, I suppose, by the amount of times you fail. but there's something really, it it can go the other way as well. So I think as you get older, you can realize, look, every time you do fall down, you can get back up. And so it can actually go the opposite way as well. It can make you take more risks as you get older, because you go, well, look, I know I can climb back up. I know I can get back out there if it fails. So I'm gonna have a go. And so I think it can go the other way. Um, And definitely in this current, like post pandemic world, from from a business and creative point of view, everything we've ever known, we've spoke about this before in a podcast, everything we've ever known and trusted has changed these are as this news will constantly tell us unprecedented times um so now is the you know now's the best time to uh, uh, but at least think about what what you want to be brave enough to do
0: i think so i mean, think the whole um pandemic has almost forced people to be brave and certainly you know in a sort of a career perspective many people have lost their jobs and people are having to start making decisions now right how do they how do they pay the bills? How do they put money, food on the table? Um, and they're having to sort of, sort of look at alternative ways of living um, to make that happen. And it could be a risk for people even going to work.
1: And that's the thing, isn't it? If you kind of have more of a, um, a bit of a fearless attitude, if you, have a, if you are generally quite a brave person, I think you're gonna take more risks. So I think although they're, they're different to me, they do sit side by side. What's a big risk that you've taken, Mark? What's the biggest risk you've taken? <laughs>
0: the biggest risk I've taken, you know, I, I I was thinking about this and thinking, right, I know we sort of said, we'll try and give some personal examples um, and there's plenty of examples and some of it, funny enough, um, where you and I align quite well perhaps is the sort of, the decisions in moving abroad as, as a part of a career choice in order to sort of pursue a, a career option. So for example, uh, moving to the States or Australia and I know you've done the same in sort of Australia and China and what have you and those are big decisions to make you have to there's a high level of bravery involved in certainly when you're moving a family with you too and it's you know either way you're you're making a decision which is going to have a big impact on the rest of your life but i think what you touched on before which is quite useful is sometimes and i believe that if you have a lot of practice in taking risks you become a little, a little bit more sort of hardened up to what the potential outcome might be so if you do fall you know well I can get back up from this so for example if you make a decision to move or move abroad for argument's sake for a career perspective you find that once you've made that move it's not the right decision only time will tell um, and when you come back, if you have to move back from that particular role or job or go back to what you were doing previously you know that actually you know what it wasn't that much a risk it was a brave decision for me to make to make make that move but I knew that It was the option was to come back and I just pick up where I left off, if that's the case, depending on your circumstances. So, yeah, in terms of my own personal example, Lise, um, I don't mean I like to think that I'm brave and it's in my DNA. I think everyone likes to think that.
1: Yeah, but like different things mean brave or risk for different people, like settling down, and having a family for some people is brave um, or it's taking a risk because it also affects other people. So I think the one thing that shifts as you get older is you start to think about how it affects how your decisions affect other people more than just you. I think that's de- definitely for me. As I've like, I guess I kind of think more about the people it affects, not just like 18 and you go, oh, I'm going to move across the world, or you know, you don't really think about it too much. You just do it, and you don't think about the consequences. And I think probably as you get older, you think more about the consequences for other people than just yourself, because you know what you can cope with.
0: What, you, what about you, Lee? Liz? Sorry, Liz, I didn't ask you.
1: I've taken so many risks. <laughs> that, um,
0: well, let's let's try and sort of scale it. So what's the biggest one? The biggest one? You-
1: if someone dangles me a carrot then um, and it feels like a good idea, then I do things like put decisions based on football games because that's the kind of thing. I decided to move back to the UK, one, because I had an amazing opportunity and also because Liverpool won. So it was like, all right, I really don't know if I'm in a quandary. And, I'll, and I'm that. I'll take it on that. You kind of know when, you know. Sorry, Liz. See, I, I,
0: you, you, where, where did Liverpool football come into it? You, you decided to move back to the UK because Liverpool won.
1: Oh, so I, I would make the game of, all right, I've been offered something in the UK or I can stay here in Sydney. It's a good opportunity. What shall I do? I tell you what, if Liverpool win, I'll take it. And if we lose, then I'll stay here in Sydney. <laughs> in Sydney. That's but some kind did... of crazy things. But ultimately, there's a nice little, nice little fact that people always say. When you toss a coin, you make your decision when the coin's in the air. Oh, so, I see. You, so you you know were you were
0: using do. the Liverpool, the narrative of Liverpool winning to as a sort of a coin a flipping of yeah. a coin yeah like, I absolutely. see I understand you, that. you know okay. what the
1: chance of that happening is, um, and I'm a big believer in trusting you gut got instinct if something feels right, then you should definitely just grab it and run with it so for me like i mean you know from me in the past mark that like, you and I have worked together, so for me, going to China was a big risk it was an opportunity and I literally said well look I've got the opportunity to go and work there for six plus months never been to China before working with a great agency if I can sublet my apartment I'll do it and within 24 hours I was booking flights so that for me was a risk but at the time it didn't feel like as big a risk and that's where bravery kicks in so for me that that particular experience and living there made me very very sick in the first three weeks I you know dropped 10 kilos in weight it made me very poorly for me, I was determined not to give up, so I think there 's a the level of bravery that comes into resilience and grit, and yes, maybe on, on the offset of that, that was probably really stupid, but I think also bravery comes into it grit and resilience. So you and I work together, you know I was never massively into the gym, I was fit active and I was really quite tiny, but only when I started to burn out and I was starting to rely on too much coffee a day that I go all right you've got to fix this and Develop like an autoimmune condition. It, for me, I'm someone who I have to push myself to the limit and not drop. And then I go, okay, I'm brave enough to climb out of this. Now I have to do this. And since then, completely like I'm now a nutritional nerd. You know this. I know more about plant milk. Than <laughs> so I know everything about, you know, foods for the gut and all that kind of stuff because it's it was how I got stronger and that's always been my goal is how can I learn more how can I grow as a person and be a better version of me or how can I be stronger like why do you go to the gym every day and push yourself outside of comfort zones? because mm-hmm. you want to be a better version of you yeah um, and and for me risk and bravery those kind of things are all coupled into that I want to be ever curious and ever grow and, and most creative people are curious we we kind of want more than what we have and that's not an agreed point of view it's a more is out there what's what other problems can I solve and the only thing was an interesting conversation because the guy was talking about you know he realized there were people who were lactose intolerant or that had gut issues and he, and although almond milk and things like that were out there there were other issues that were triggered by these things and they were also not sustainable so he kind of set out with, look I've got a problem to solve and I, you know push yourself outside of that comfort zone it, it does come naturally to me and I've crashed and burned and forward a lot of times but that doesn't
0: stop me wanting to do it. But I think you become one, not just you, anyone can become a bit of a serial risk taker. Um, and I think you, what happens is because you, you're building up your own levels of resilience. And I know we've discussed in the past about what resili- resilience actually is. But I guess what I'm saying is in practice now, if, if an offer were to come up for you to perhaps to take up another role in another foreign country, potentially let's say China um you know what the sort of what you could be expected (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's
1: true like I think that's the thing like once you push yourself to it to a certain level you go like I mean look I thought I would be fine in China and China was I've got some amazing friends there now I love doing work for the country and you know like it was a really good experience I look at it now it was a really good experience but at the time it was one of the hardest things I've ever done because we're three weeks in and I was literally struggling to get up out of bed to go to work every day and I was not going to give in and so at the time it was really hard. And actually some of the best experiences are the ones that you look on them in the, in the future and go, Oh yeah, I remember that. Like Facebook does that thing on your timeline and remembering, reminding you of things that have occurred. Like I think mine reminded me seven years ago I was in Vegas and you go oh, like, wow, that's exciting. No, one's going to be going there for a while, but you know, like, you need to remember the, the journeys you've gone on to encourage you to take more. And so yeah, like if someone said, Oh, I'm could we work in another country? If it felt right, then sure, just grab it and, and run with it. And, you know, like, I'm, you know, deep down, you know, there's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell that t- um, called Blink. And he talks a lot about kind of gut instincts and trusting your first instincts. And, and I'm all about that. I'm all about kind of like, if it, if it feels right, just go for it. Even if logic tells you, like, it's the stupidest thing to do in the world. And perhaps, you know, perhaps if I'd have dug into it more with China, it did, but it was an opportunity. And I'm glad I did it now. And I think, you you know, you've moved all over the world in different countries and things. And I definitely know that one thing that both of us have, we've sort of never intended to work in big design agencies because we wanted to go to a smaller design agency or brand agency and kind of make something of them. If you walk into someone who's always done well, and the same with, with clients as well. Like I, I love working with the clients that are the challenger brands, the ones that have Oh, look, I want to, want to do something brave. All of the design agencies that I look up to and, you know, Dixon, Baxi and Love, I talk about a lot um, when we do this podcast, but they're just agencies that are going like, we just want to work with people who are willing to have a go.
0: And I think it's not just the agencies; there's also working with clients. There are certain clients and you t- who have that, and I know we've discussed it previously as well, about entrepreneurial spirit and you're working with like-minded people who, who have that in them almost. And entrepreneurs... I guess have on a on a spectrum they are probably slightly more reckless than most and by reckless I mean that they're prepared to uh, put themselves at risks just to see what happens and it, I guess it's not always about bravery they somehow they get a bit of a a bit of a high from taking that risk uh, and it is quite addictive you know you get certain people who base jumpers for example who jump off bloody cliffs and buildings They get addicted to that and they will do that day in, day out because they enjoy it. And there are people like that who will take are serial risk takers and regardless of the consequences. And that's when you do step into the realm of being reckless. Uh, From a personal level, I don't see myself as that. I don't see myself as reckless. Everything, every decision I make, I like to think is calculated to a certain degree. Sometimes that can get clouded, that can get clouded by excitement or uh, by um, you know other people perhaps sort of telling you stories which may not be necessarily be true
1: i think it's all about mindset isn't it mindset um, versus opportunity and kind of how you're going to approach it and also allowing yourself you know to like there's a really good brene brown talk um, a ted talk about vulnerability and exposing yourself to emotions um, and not kind of like you know, kind of go oh being brave enough to go being brave doesn't mean just Suck it up and get on with it it means like heck I'm about to cry my eyes out but I'm still going to have a go anyway
0: yes that's true Actually, do you do you think this and this is something I sort of asked myself I know um I wrote it down the day about timing and is there a right time to be brave and take risks do you think I mean could can that, doesn't that be contextualized in some way do you think there is a right time to take a risk or be brave or is it just something that you have to calculate
1: I think it depends. If you're talking from a business point of view, then I think you're going to have to make a lot more calculations because you have probably got something to lose. I think timing comes to who who it affects around you, and and it's a for me it's a it's a gut instinct. Like you you know, like I always know if something feels right or not, and then it afterwards I probably try and talk myself. I we're overthinkers, so I I talk myself out of it. You kind of oh it's not that whatever. But Ultimately, if it involves a big shift, I mean for me in terms of changing everything, like I used to you know, eat cereal for breakfast, lunch and dinner and changing everything in my daily routine. Anything that changes your daily routine is a huge risk. And so I think timing wise for me at that point, it was a, uh, if you don't do this, you're going to be like, you're going to disappear like you're tiny. You need to, you need nutrition. Yeah, be brutal. To be you're going to die. Better. You don't, you don't, if you don't so change it, the, you're going to die. So you've best, got to make that. Well, just, just to be the best to be the best version of you you know like I could I was you know heading up a creative studio like you need to be stronger it was here in Sydney but you know you're kind of going home you're just so exhausted well you need to fuel yourself so for me it was if you don't do it then you're not going to achieve your dreams and if someone's going to say dream versus not achieve dream then you're going to chase the dream whatever it needs to do whatever you need to change completely reconfiguring any habits that you've got and I am an all or nothing so if I'm going to do it it's like me as a person you're going to get like I love what we do so you know like it's interesting um I've been in studio this week and kind of watching the dynamic of people who go in with a freelance mentality which you know some people do they go in and go right or do the job sit there do the job and leave and like hats off to anyone who is able to do that but I love what we do and I care about what we do and I find it really difficult to switch off at the end of the day I'm not saying I necessarily take like you and I know we've come home and we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so you know, like it, it filters into your life, and so I think risks are, like you said, with a base jumper. Yes, there's the thrill that comes with it, but it's something that ripples through their life. Like it, it gives you, it makes you feel alive. And for me, risk makes you feel alive, or being brave makes you feel alive.
0: That's so true. It is so true. And in terms of timing, uh, I know that there has to be a right time. And as I said, as I just said before, it is about sort of. They had to be calculated. And I've got a couple more examples of organisations, companies and brands that perhaps um, have chosen the right time. For example, uh, post-COVID, i not say post-COVID, but now we're still within COVID, but sort of post the seriousness of the pandemic. KFC, I don't know if you've seen, Lees. Uh, KFC can take fried chicken. Finger-licking good, their finger-licking good slogan, um, they've quite cleverly said, um, they've put out sort of some adverts saying, So finger licking good doesn't quite fit uh, in the age of COVID nineteen, so it's now just it's good. so They've removed finger licking for the (laughs) for the concern of obviously spreading COVID, which I thought was brilliant. So they've taken their own slogan and adapted it, saying it, and we weren't right before. We're just going to change it now for the short term, which is brilliant. Another really good example was, and I know we had a giggle giggle about this a um, couple of podcasts back, was the Marmite and uh, Lynx Africa.
1: Yeah, they bought another one, haven't
0: they? Have they? What? What was it? What was? What's the new one?
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't remember the flavour now.
0: But they're doing a new one. Yeah, you do. Let me know because they did have. They've had leather and cookies before, and skateboard and roses, which are always completely random. But I think we we termed it as um, collision pairings before. So brands that <laughs> completely unrelated brands are getting together. And I think at a time where. The world could expect anything to happen during lockdown, where people just had no idea where they were going, what they were doing, what was happening in the world. To suddenly see um, two completely random brands partnering together, Marmite and Lynx, having a <laughs> having a deodorant a that smells of Marmite in, to whatever level. It sounds completely random, but it almost during the midst of the pandemic and the lockdown, it almost felt like, oh, you know, I could almost expect anything now.
1: It was. And it was and it was quite the difference there as well, I think, is is when we talk a lot about core values and working with um, businesses and strategists to define your core values is both of those brands could kind of they can take the mickey out of themselves. And Your KFC one was a great example to go. Look, KFC were the ones when earlier on where they they ran out of chicken, didn't they, earlier in the year? And they were able to turn around and laugh at themselves like you and I would probably turn around and go, yeah, screwed that up we've got the ability to kind of laugh at ourselves. Whereas perhaps if you're a Gucci or a Prada or you're one of those brands that is quite full face, you're probably not going to react to it that way. So I think that's where you kind of talk about risk. Like it's less of a risk for KFC or it's less of a risk for links than it would have been for, you know, like even like IBM or, you know, someone who you think of as kind of like a level setter. Some people are are more able to kind of get away with it.
0: I that's it. And another, another, my last example here, which I thought was brilliant. Um, i don't know whether it's it sort of seen you guys would have seen it else, but aldi and Brewdog have had a little bit of a battle recently as the last sort of few days so Actually, oh there yes, we go there we go so papers, but what is <laughs> what it's done and just to put put the context into it so um aldi um and you and i both know aldi very well these obviously having worked with them in the past uh, through agencies and sort of directly uh, they had launched their own let's say let's call it a I don't want to call it a brand ripoff, but it probably it blatantly was. So BrewDog had their own beer, Punk IPA. And Aldi brought, the, <laughs> brought out their own version, which was called Anti-Establishment. So BrewDog sort of got wind of this. And then they subsequently launched their own mocking um, brand and sort of put it into social media. And I think, what did they call it? They called it Yaldi. Yaldi IPA. So that's Y possibly Aldi IPA i know all a bit bizarre one there's a bit of a battle going on through social media and said what do aldi think of this and brew suggesting look is this something you perhaps um want to stock in your stores uh and subsequently aldi responded and said you know what we potentially think about it you've f- tweaked it a little bit and we might we might be interested so i guess what it's done in sort of the risk aldi took a risk by taking a bit of a um, punch on creating a design which looked very similar to brew dogs Brew dog took a risk by rather than going through the courts taking it sort of throwing it right back at them and saying listen what do you think to our design then it's a bit of a mo- mocking of yours but what it's done is given them both exposure both light-hearted both benefited from it i guess to the to the extent that it's both given them positive press coverage if you like i certainly see from both that is great knowing what aldi like and knowing what Brewdog are like i think it's brilliant so two brands that perhaps took a little bit of a risk and i don't see it as being reckless
1: and and you know what it's actually really it's really nice to see aldi because i know back in the day when you and i used to work for aldi it was very much a model-based brand and yet in the past five years or so definitely in australia some of their advertising has been some of the best that you've seen you know from, it's just been really expressive and a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and it's not the Aldi that kind of people had that perception of and so even the fact that they've done this and they've kind of come back and given something out like it's showing a personality and that's the one thing that that was the one thing that I would say in terms of like brands from a brave point of view is that go back to your brand values and like we often use brand archetypes and things and I think which one of those archetypes are you if you're like you know you're the outlaw you're the creator you're a bit of a hero like that's when you can start to break into that brave space but then like we said there are always going to be brands that they just don't play there
0: it's a really interesting point you make about aldi actually and how they've changed their approach they're a lot more personal 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 personalable i can't get the word out personable I'll just say it quickly personable um but again a lot of the grocers are all doing the same
1: yeah hats off to aldi for kind of going out i was going to say i mean definitely in australia aldi are one of the first we have got obviously got other supermarkets here but aldi are the one that have kind of come out and gone like oh wow like aldi is quite cool now like even though we know they do kind of like imitation brands um you know like they they're openly that's their model that's what they stand for and yeah like i know my perception of aldi has completely changed from when you know you're a kid and you're embarrassed to go in there
0: yes totally it's the same here in the uk it's exactly the same but i was just picking up my point before about all the retailers over here are all see themselves now as far more personable so the way in which they relate to their consumers they will obviously spread the message that, you know they're, they're out here for the people
1: but that's how, also how they're um, reacting to consumer trends and behavioral shift. Um, so I think, you know, the purpose of going to the supermarket, especially since the pandemic, because I mean, for, what, for the last four months, a lot of countries, it's the only place you can go. So they kind of need to do that to to go like, this is the friend you're allowed to visit, even if you wear a mask and you're not allowed to touch anything. So kind of like, the, you know, the behavioral shifts in society have forced them to rethink their model and rethink their tone of voice. Um, and it's a, it's a great time to do it. It's an exciting time. It's definitely an exciting time from a, you know, from a creative and strategic point of view.
0: I mean, I was asking myself yesterday, um, just in sort of preparation for this and sort of trying to just, sort of what does good bravery look like or asking myself that question and who or what decides whether it's good or bad. I, think, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a question that can be answered quickly. What do you think, Liz?
1: Well, for me, brands that are brave go above and beyond to understand how they exist in the lives of other people. So from a branding point of view, it's more about understanding other people and how you sit in their lives. As a brand, you kind of need to um, have a tribe. You need to, you know, build a community. So it's understanding what your position is and how you fit into the lives of other people. Um, bravery, for me, when it comes to actual people or personable, is going outside of your comfort zone or you know the, what is expected. And and I just think it's unique with people and definitely with creative people. I mean, look, some people stay at the same agency for all of their career. And to them, that's, that's brave because they're doing work that's brave enough for them. Whereas to, you know, to you and I who've moved countries and things like we get, I, I know I get more of a thrill, not necessarily in changing agencies, but in, in different kinds of projects and different kinds of challenges. So I'm someone who, you know, like if someone says, oh, I've got 12 months to do this, this particular brief, you be, like, you'll get the best bits at the beginning and the end because I charge it like a bullet to gate. I just love, you know, you kind of bring that energy to me. Whereas to some people, that energy is consistent energy and that bravery is a consistent bravery. So I think it means very different things to different people. And I would say, I mean, we're going to have a guest on next time to talk about a brand that's shaking up the space in hotels. And I'm super excited about that. So like, I just love to hear of people who've gone, all right, this is the industry and this is how it is. And these are the annoying little pain points. How can I shake it up? It's
0: true. It's it's very inspiring when you do listen to people who have, who admit that they've taken a risk in the past and it's paid off. And I think some of those examples I've expressed before uh, in this podcast about those who've taken risks. And when you start to hear about the success off the back of those risks that they took, it's quite heartwarming. You like to think, you know, oh, one day I'd love that to happen to me, for example. About, you know, take a big risk and it pays off. And everyone likes to think, like to hear their stories. It's never nice to hear about those people who've taken risk and it hasn't paid off. And it's obviously they've suffered for it.
1: I do think if you take enough, like if you keep taking risks it will pay off it's like fortune favors the brave is the old phrase isn't it and i do think that like if you're driven by purpose and passion for whatever it is you're going at like keep persistence grit resilience we've talked about all of these before on our podcast these all lead to you actually winning or being successful And and again success is different to every person like i you know it's not that you're on stage changing the world but what is success to one person the fact that you've lived in in Two different countries, five different countries, ten different countries is success to one person. To some people, it's just you know having a family, settling down, and getting through a week. So I think it, you know, but I do I do believe that fortune favors the brave, and I think like if you if you believe in something enough and you're driven by purpose, then I think you should just grab it and run with it.
0: Totally agree, Liz. Um, I'm trying to think what risks I've got to take this week, <laughs> going and doing these uh, kickboxing sessions and straining my aging body in some way or potentially getting punched in the face or kicked in the face so uh, yeah there's risks around every corner
1: that's just on your way to the gym
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much is certainly in the area that i live in Lise, um okay is there anything else you want to add on the subject
1: i just want to add a few takeouts for people who are kind of thinking about like okay how do i be more brave or how do i take more risks um so i just wanted to have a little takeout of whether you're a brand and entrepreneur or a business um, and I would definitely recommend work with people who are just creative people because we think a little bit different, and that can help. Um, is that if you're starting with a genuine purpose rather than just money or a purpose of making money, kind of see beyond that. Um, get specific about who or what it is or for. Especially if you're a business or an entrepreneur and you've got an idea, like get really specific. Like as a business, what's your target market? Um, what are your core values? What do you stand for? Let alone just. You know, we've seen it for years. People have come with a product offer. Disregard the product or service. Like, who are you servicing? Why do we need it? Like, actually go in and look at those. And then, you know what? Just be honest with yourself. Um, if it feels like a good gut instinct, then just grab it, run with it. Be courageous, but be consistent.
0: I love that. Definitely about it. It's just preparing yourself, really. Preparing for war. You know, you've got to prepare as best you can. And
1: if all else fails, the football season kicks off next week, so just pop it on a game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right you and your sort of a Liverpool win that's my decision made that's a real scary one crikey
1: I've done I've made two, I've made way one. too many big decisions based on not normally not Liverpool because <laughs> I don't I actually don't bet on my own team but yeah it's a good way to make a decision you know anyway and the coin's in the air
0: okay Liz this has been fantastic um, so yeah as you said before we're looking to get a couple of guests on and there's sort of some future podcasts anyway um, we've got some exciting ones lined up anyone listening who has a subject area that sits within the realms of brands and the creative industries that they'd like us to sort of touch on by all means give us a shout and uh, we can uh, hopefully jump onto that as a subject or potentially have you on as a guest
1: yeah I was going to say based on this kind of brave brand stuff and people that are brave and shaking up the industry if there are people that are kind of feel like they're doing something different like we are going to do a few guest episodes um, but we're going to get a few of these going and it's really exciting for us and hopefully for you to kind of put something out there to go, look, this is different. This is bold. This is brave. Um, let's talk about it and why you got there and how.
0: Love it, Lisa. I'm going to uh, drop all the, any sort of quotes and links into the show notes, which um, I will drop in at the end. And, and within those show notes, there will see all the contact details for, um, for Lisa and I. But um, just in case, Lisa, we'll put, tag it on just to, just because we can. Um, how can people get in contact with you, Lisa? <laughs>
1: You can find me at lisahastings.me, the website. Um, lisa Hastings on LinkedIn. Hello, lisa at Or just find me on Instagram at shoebox20. That's
0: brilliant. And mine will be in the show notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I know. I nice know. I know. Goodness me. <laughs>
0: I will get there one day.
1: But hello, hello, Siri. What are my details?
0: <laughs> Maybe that's the best way to do it. Lisa, thanks ever so much. Just look forward to chatting in the next couple of weeks.
1: Thanks for chat soon.